Welcome to the 157th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we will be talking about it. And today we are recording on December 10th, 2019. Year's almost over. My name is Brad Galloway, editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this here's show. With me is co-host and a man who eats 12 sliders in a sitting, Carlos Rodella. Now that one's incorrect. All right, that's incorrect. <laughs> is it 14? No, it's neither. It's much <laughs> less, like a half a slider. What? Come on, man. Those things are tiny. You don't need half a slider. Okay, maybe I have like one and a half sliders. I don't believe you. Last week, you said I was a lover of animals. That was correct. Uh, this week, I think you got that one wrong. I, I definitely don't eat a lot of food. I'm, not, I'm like a light eater. Really? Yeah. Do we not know this about each other? I don't. I mean, I, I'm a big eater. I love food. I'm all about the food. I didn't realize you were a light eater. Also, I'm kind of on like, I don't want to say the word diet, but I'm doing something to help with, you know, the body stuff. Oh, man, let's not go there. That's just that's a sad fucking story on my end, dude. I don't want to talk about it. All right. We won't talk about it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, folks, it's me. It's Carlos. We're back uh, before we jump into this week's games. Just want to remind you all, as always, if you have thoughts, comments, feedback, requests, anything else, we're pretty flexible here. You can contact us. It's the uh, email address that you all know and love. So video games podcast at gmail.com. And I don't think we have any housekeeping. Got any notes or anything you need to bring up before we start, Carlos? No, but I will say we need to get on the best of the year list pretty soon. Really, really soon. So it's December 10th. We're going to, if we keep up with the weekly schedule, I mean, we've still got at least, I mean, I can't do math. I mean, two more shows before maybe three. Well, maybe. there's the break and everything and people do things for holidays. So I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't take any break. Oh, I recognize no holidays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but we got to get it on it soon. You know, we, that's actually, I'm glad you brought that up, dude, because I was actually just thinking about that. Uh, as I say every week, I am the editor of Game Critics, and we have a number of the writers who are getting together their list. It's not only the best of 2019, but also the best of the decade, since we're just about to flip the big calendar and start a new 10-year chunk. So we're going to have best of the decade list. We're going to have best of the year lists. Um, we're going to have games that we're looking forward to, but we gotta we gotta probably talk about some of that here on the show. You think? Yeah, let's do um, best of the year on this show before January. I think we could do that because there's not a lot coming out in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, of I'm kind I'm kind of done with with GOTY contenders myself. Right. So let's do that soon. Maybe the next couple of weeks. Or maybe it's technically possible. Um, yeah, next show or the show after, and then let's do January. We'll do the best of the decade. Like the first week of January or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, that sounds good. Um, I know we didn't discuss this beforehand, but I think this might be a good time to maybe ask our dear listeners if you guys have, you know, your picks for, I guess, best of the decade or best of the year, or perhaps even games that you're really looking forward to. Like, drop us a line. We want to hear what you uh what you thought was good uh what you thought was bad what you what you thought at all i guess about last year or the last 10 years yeah um, i so think it, best of this year would be perfect because then we could maybe even read some in the episode that we record yeah yeah we did that last year uh and i think it went over really well i love getting feedback from all the the people that uh, that wrote in we had like a lot of different picks a lot of variety like it wasn't i mean we had a couple that popped up a lot but like overall it was a pretty good spread so i thought it was a Pretty fun time seeing what everybody played. So if you guys are listening to this and you want to chip in, 
uh, send us your, I don't know, best of the decade, best of the year, whatever, anything like that. Anything you want to share with us, we'll read it on the air. We'll give you a shout out and we'll be very gracious. So that's uh, probably a good time to get that out there. Um, but I guess that's it. You ready to talk about just some games? Yeah, let's talk about video games. All right, dude. As per new tradition, we're going to start off the show as we do uh, with your random, cheap, and or free indie game probably on PC. So do you have anything that fits any of those categories this week? It fits all those categories. Well, uh, <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I expected no less. And it's free this time. So last time it was a little bit of a hefty price of 13 bucks. This one is free. Uh, it's by Radiance Games. It's on Steam. It is a free-to-play game. And I just found out uh, a little while ago it's a port from a mobile game, which could be, you know, um, a red flag or kind of an issue for some people. But for me, I didn't know that going in, and I just had a good time with it. The game is called Endless World, colon, or comma, Idol RPG. <laughs> So, is this another idol one? You love your idols, I'm dude. I'm into this idol. So what I was trying to do is I was looking for an RPG on my PS4 store. I love my RPGs, and I couldn't find one that really fit the bill. I like the idea, like I think most humans, of just leveling up and kind of having this fun grind of, of getting your character better and better and better, the, the whole thing like that. And so I couldn't really find something in a one-player game uh, that was, you know, fitting that bill. So I found Endless World on Steam. Of course, it was free, so easy to just click install. And I was pleasantly surprised by the interestingness of it's not an idle game that's just 2D, and it's not top-down. It's literally like 3D uh, action-adventure RPG style. So it looks like you know third-person per- third perspective, character running around this uh, 3D you know, land and different lands and taking out monsters. And it's just auto running around doing all that stuff. So your character is just going through all these different 3d environments, not like the traditional 2d or kind of simple idle games. And it looks more like a, you know, a PlayStation three game or something. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. Not, not bad graphics. And it's kind of interesting because uh, there's lots of different dynamics going on and it feels more like a, traditional RPG in that way. Uh, you play as a half-elf, and you, there's a lot of funniest writing, which I kind of relate to a Deadpool, where the character that you play, this half-elf, kind of breaks the fourth wall a lot and says, like, oh, we have to go over here because of reasons. And, you know, really jokes with you playing the game, going, like, you don't give a shit, and I don't give a shit. Let's just get through this thing and see what happens. But there definitely is these story book story points where so it's not just like you leave the game and can come back to it. Uh, you really do feel like compelled to watch as dialogue boxes pop up. You don't want to just skip through them. You want to be like, oh, get some of this funny writing. Similar to the other idol RPG I liked, which was really simple graphics and you know not a 3D world, but I like the writing in it because it's kind of fun to see what uh, they wrote for the comedy in it. And this is similar where you go, I'm not going to just rush through this. I'm not only going to think about like how I play the game, but I'm also going to like watch for these story beats. And what's really interesting is you get companions along the way. And they of course have their dialogue with the character, which they don't generally like him, (laughs) which is kind of fun. 
And yeah, then you can upgrade your character as well as upgrade your companions. And another interesting thing is because it's this 3D environment, you can click anywhere on the map and like gold just comes up like from the ground. So you can always be doing things. Like if you click like a weird sign, it might break the sign. The sign breaks apart and all of a sudden gold comes out of it. Or there's this one tree that's like a lot of like, it's like a golden tree. And like if you click that one, even though he's running by really quickly, if you can make sure to click it, you'll get like extra gold. So it's like it really, really focuses on you participating in this idle game. Let me ask you. So I'm trying to imagine this in my head. I have, I've played a couple idle games, not very many, just like really quickly, usually on iPhone or something for like a day before I just get pissed off and delete them. So help me understand. I get like visually third person. You're in like a PS3 style world open, you know, just you're going places, click on things. Are you basically just like clicking things? That's I mean, just just that's what's keeping you busy most of the time or like how what is the idle mechanic is there like some counter that's like constantly clicking off gold pieces for you or like it only works when you click something or i mean what is like what are what are you doing you know carlos in your chair as you're watching this on your screen you're doing so much it's crazy it's like it's kind of an active rpg there's the first off i want to say um and clarify it's like torchlight you know the game torchlight yeah it looks like that so think of that but like the, Diablo-esque sort of? Yeah, yeah, but bigger characters. So Torchlight has kind of bigger characters. Okay. Um, but it's always moving. So, like, he's always going forward. And if he's with a companion, they're both going together. And they're always killing monsters. Like, they're killing little minions all the time. Then they're running around to another area, and they're killing more things. And, they each, and you're not doing anything about that. Are you, that, are you telling them where to go? Yeah, that's you're not telling them where to go. That should, they're just doing that. That's okay. okay. definitely the idle part. And then at some point, they drop through the ground, which is an interesting way to switch levels. And then the next level is, like, beneath that. And then they run around that area and kill monsters. But there's so many interesting mechanics. And I'll try to make it short. But there's a lot here. And I know that portions of it... Uh, is because it's monetized, right? And it's it started as a mobile game. So there's all these different systems that obviously lead you into spending money. And I understand that. But what's interesting is that if you just like the idle part, you never have to spend money and you really can focus on doing all these different systems to just make you feel, again, relaxed. Like what a lot of idle games do is you feel relaxed in a lot of the clicking and managing of stuff. So the other systems at play are as these characters run around, A, like I said, there's story bits. And when the story bits happen, you've got to like listen to the story and do a couple different things. Uh, then at any point, you can start taking on a, a boss character. You just click the boss button and a boss will show up. Um, <laughs> it's like an Uber, but for bosses. Like Uber boss. Like yeah, a boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, an, it's a lift boss. Um, and once you do that, you have to be powered up enough to take him out because you can die. So like my second boss, I think I took on too soon because I didn't upgrade enough stuff and I definitely died. Um, there wasn't a huge penalty. I just had to kind of start in that level over again. But then I realized I had to upgrade my character before I took him on. Um, therein lies what I think might be later on some sort of paywalls. Um, I have heard of them. I haven't seen them yet, but I would imagine that at some point they're trying to make money. They're going to try to like make bosses really, really hard. So I haven't seen that yet. I'm sure it's coming, but I played this for a couple hours already and just got a lot of relaxation fun out of it. Here's the other thing that's really cool, dude. Besides doing companions, besides the funny story bits, uh, the boss battles being pretty interesting, you can do PVP f fights. 
How in the world does that work? It's whoever has leveled up the most wins? I don't know how it works, but all of a sudden they go, hey, PvP is a thing here. Well, and that's, gonna... that's the monetization right there, because as soon as you lose to somebody, you're going to get pissed off, and you're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to put in five bucks to get the new glowing plus five sword. I'm going to kick that guy's Maybe. ass. Maybe. I don't know. I what bet I... you, dude. I bet you. I know. That's a good idea. Why? But I, I don't know what I got much from him, because I feel like I just got same, some of the same stuff I would get from the monsters. But um, I did beat him. And I felt pretty good about myself because I had kind of really worked on my inventory and my upgrading and stuff like that. So I, I would say this. There's so many different systems about, like, the typical stuff you see in, like, Pokemon games. Like, evolving things and fusing things and crafting things and taking things apart and dismantling them. You know, traditional RPGs, uh, games like Pokemon, all this kind of stuff where there's a lot of systems at play. And I would say almost too many because I really did get confused at one point. But all in all, even though it might be a mobile port, uh, as a Steam game, it's a pretty relaxing thing with a lot more depth than I thought for an idle game. Huh. All right. And uh, once again, what is the title? It is Endless World, which makes sense because it does never end. Uh, idle RPG, and it's by Radiance Games. It's free. There's no reason not to check it out. And I <clears throat> have not spent any money yet, so I feel like... It's a good, if you just want to feel like you've leveled up and you, you know, just kind of accomplished a little something in your day because, you know, life is hard. We need that sometimes. Uh, you need that sometimes. And I needed it and it, it, it provided it for me. Excellent. Excellent. All right, cool. Sounds good. Endless World, Idle RPG, free. Although there may be some monetization hooks later on. TBD. We'll see. Yeah, TBD. All right, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to move on to a couple quick hits that I have this week. It feels like, um, I mean, I guess... I meant to apologize at the top of the show because we are recording somewhat later than we usually do. So I'm sorry to everyone who was like waiting for an episode and we, we kept you waiting for a couple extra days. It does kind of feel like we had spent a while since we recorded because I'm looking at my notes and I'm struggling to remember anything about the game that I wrote down because it we took too long to talk about it. Wow. <laughs> my recall is just not what it used to be, sir. Um, okay. I, I think I can probably pull it off though. I Do you have Apple Arcade, Carlos? I don't because I don't have an iPhone. I switched to Android. I also switched to Android with mixed results, but that's maybe a, a podcast for another day. Um, despite switching to Android for my phone, we do have an Apple TV, which we have had for a while. Um, and I, you know, I have misgivings about Apple in general, but I will say that the Apple TV service basically suits most of our needs. And so we keep it around because I feel like it's just easy. Um, you know, we're somewhat invested in the uh ecosystem since we've bought a lot of stuff on there so you know whatever and i'm like okay well i had no plans at all to play apple arcade but then i realized oh i guess you can do it on apple tv and i have an apple tv here and it's going to cost me no extra money to just give it a try so sure i'll give it a try since everybody was talking about it a couple weeks ago that was like the hot topic du jour back then but wait um, what do you use for the controller i use a ps4 controller believe it or not Holy shit, that sounds like a really cool setup. If you have an Apple TV uh, or something similar like that, uh, all you have to do is you grab your PS4 controller or an Xbox One controller. It works either way. It goes both ways. It is uh, it is not judgy like that. It takes all comers. Uh, you just go to like one of the menus in your Apple TV, and it says Sync Bluetooth Device, and you just push your button on your PS4, and it syncs right up. It literally acts exactly like a PS4. It moves That's all the stuff crazy. around. I know, right? Who knew? Out of all those years we had console wars, like, oh, you know, I got a Genesis, fuck Super Nintendo, I got a Super Nintendo, fuck the Genesis, you know, Nintendo, fuck Sega, and all this stuff, back and forth, Microsoft, Xbox, Sony, whatever. 
And then all of a sudden, we got everybody's game on everybody's system and everybody's controller works with everybody's hardware. Like, what a golden age this is. Like, all the all the swords have been beaten into plowshares, and now we are just... <laughs> we're just playing games, man. We're just playing using a PS4 controller on a fucking Apple box. What's the little box that I like, uh, that I, I love, that indie game system that came out that's a box? Oh, you know, with the crank on the side of it? No, no, no. The, the old one that everyone loved, uh, everyone hated and I loved. It was an emulator box and oh, oh i know what you're talking about your recall is gone too i can tell wow i guess so anyways that one used uh our need control you wanted too oh did it really okay yeah. everybody is listening to like what the fuck are these two old guys talking about we have no idea folks we're losing our minds live on the air here yeah. i know exactly what you're talking about and i literally cannot pull up the name I'll from my recall yeah it. look it up look google it anyway long story short i have apple tv or apple apple arcade and uh we looked at it Went through a bunch of the different options, and good friend and good friend of the show, uh, Jeremiah Bratton, formerly of the Game Bar podcast, and I'm pouring one out for you right now. I love that show. Uh, no longer around, but one of my favorite podcasts back in the day. He said, hey, Brad, you should give Bleak Sword a try. That's one of my recommendations, and that is exactly what I did. Uh, so that's Bleak Sword, B-L-E-A-K, Sword, on Apple Arcade. So you can, you know, if you have Apple Arcade, you can just download that. You know how that works, and uh, give it a shot. Uh, basically, it's kind of like a roguelike, but not really. It's more of like a grindy sort of a game. You play as a 2D pixel-based character, and honestly, your character is made out of like four pixels. It's very basic um, in terms of graphics, but I think it's got a good look, good simplified look. And although your character is 2D, you have a little square level um, a patch of ground you can run around. So you can move into and out of the background, left and right. You can move all around this little small area. And monsters just show up, and you just have to kill the monsters. They do kind of follow, um, I mean, I don't want to say Dark Souls, but it's a little bit Dark Souls-y. But basically, you have a stamina meter where that regulates how much you can block an attack. Uh, and the attacking is really weird. You, like, hold the button down to ready your sword, and then a little line goes around, like a, like a, a diameter line goes around your guy to tell you how far your attack is going to go. And then you have to let go of the button and point in the direction you want to go. And then he swipes forward in that way. It feels really weird to do it at first, but you get used to it. And it kind of makes sense after a while. Dude, real just, quick. Hold on. Yeah. yeah that yeah. is crazy because the game I'm going to talk about later does a similar system. Oh, shit. Really? Okay. Yeah. All it's right. so weird. And, it, and I know from firsthand it is weird. It's hard to get used to. Yeah. It's really hard to get used to. I mean, I got into a groove eventually, but like the first half an hour, I looked like I had never played a video game in my entire life. <laughs> I just, my hands were not doing what my brain wanted them to do, and it was yeah. just fucking weird. Anyway, so you hold that down, and so that's the weird combat system. But also, there's a huge emphasis on parrying, which I got to say is a bummer. I mean, I don't like parrying as, I mean, if you want to have parrying as an option in your game, totally no skin off my nose. But if your game relies on being good at parrying, that is a problem. Because I don't know about you, Carlos, I'm miserable at parrying. How awful, are you at parrying? Awful, awful, awful at parrying. The only games that I'm really good at pairing at, like the one that comes to mind recently was Blasphemous. Did we ever talk about Blasphemous? Uh, I don't think so. I, think I don't I think we did. It. I think I might have played it. That is a 2D, I, I mean, I, vaguely Metroidvania, vaguely Dark Souls, uh, really heavy Christian. Well, we did talk Catholic. about it. We yes, did we talk we did about it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that one, in that game, parrying is a big deal, but they give you a huge parrying window and the animations are very clear about when the enemy is going to attack. There's also, I think, even like a flash or something like that. It's like they're giving you like every opportunity to get the parry right. And in that game, I'm like, yes, I can parry 
no problem. I don't mind it here because I feel like they're bending over backwards to make it easy for me. In Bleak Sword, they do not bend over backwards to make it easy for you. Um, I found that sometimes the animations were a little bit hard to read, and I just could not get the timing down. I could I could parry about half the time, which wasn't a big deal in the beginning levels when you're just fighting like a bat or a spider. But like when you get further on um, and there's like mobs of enemies and you have to start parrying to like survive, it got really, really hard. So I do not like um, the pairing. I think the window for pairing is too is too narrow and I'm just terrible at pairing. But basically what you do is you go into a very small level. It's like a little bite sized level, just one screen. You kill all the monsters that show up at the end of the level. You get like either some gold or you get you can choose between like, uh, you know, you get like an item and it'll be like, hey, do you want this plus one sword? Yes or no. And if you take it, great, you get a plus one to your attack, but you can only hold two items total. So as you go on, it'll be like, oh, I have this other like a plus one shield, but I'd rather have the shield or the sword. I can't take them both. I got to like pick, I can only pick two things and now I'm going to have three things. So I got to get rid of one. So they kind of give you a little bit of a roguelike flavor in that you don't know what items you're going to find. And sometimes those can change. But to be honest, in my playthrough, um, I didn't finish the game. I got about, I guess about maybe halfway none of the items really seem to make that big of a difference. And if you die, you just lose it anyway. So I kind of just stopped caring about the items. Um, but it's a real simple, bite-sized, arcadey, very arcadey, with just like a little touch of Dark Souls to it and a little very slight hint of like uh, roguelike. But overall, it's basically just a very simple arcade sword, sword and shield game where you're just like, if you line a parry, if you're good at parrying, this is your game. If you're not good at parrying like me, maybe give it a pass. But it's cute. It's worth a look. I mean, if nothing else, you'll spend a half an hour and, and you know, it's interesting to see a little little spin on something like this. And how much was it? At Apple Arcade, so it's free. Oh, it's free as, when you have that. That's right. Yep. When you have, in case anybody doesn't know, if you, if you the first month of Apple Arcade is free. So all you need to do is have a phone or an uh, Apple TV or any kind of device, maybe like a, an iPad or something. Um, you sign up, first month is free, and they just have, I think... I want to say it's like 100 games or maybe 75 games or something. You can just download whatever you want, no cost, just like Netflix. It's like Netflix of it's games. It's like Netflix. You can't, like, how much that could that cost to rent that movie? Oh, no, you just paid for Netflix. Exactly. And I think after the first month, I want to say it's four ninety nine a month, which honestly is a pretty small price to pay. I just, oh, it's yeah. going to really depend on the quality of the games, though, because, I mean, about maybe like half the games I didn't give a shit about. Half the games I'd be like, okay, well, maybe I'll try, but... I don't know that there's necessarily anything on there that's going to really hook me. It seems so far there's a lot of like really arcadey, real simple phone type games, which is fine. It's fine for what it is. It's not really a complaint. But for me personally, with such limited time, I don't know that that's going to be where I put my time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I think um, I saw the trailer that they put out for that uh, when they were launching it. And I know that they they spent a lot of money on some really great indie developers so I think there's a bunch of stuff, even some of it exclusive um, to Apple Arcade that, you know, that they wanted to buy yeah, so they could, yeah. like, get people over to that platform. So for me, I'm, I'm kind of jealous because I like having all platforms. So um, I'm waiting to get my Switch Lite, and then I think I'm – maybe I'll just buy a crappy old Apple TV. I'm sure they're, like, $4 somewhere, right? I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know how cheap they are. The one we had, we bought brand new – uh, a couple years ago, I want to say it was like no more than a hundred bucks. I think. I mean, maybe it was even like seventy five bucks. Yeah, or I feel like you can find like a, at Best Buy, you go to find a fifty dollar Apple TV or something. Yeah, I mean, maybe um, don't get like a super old one because you want to have it like fast enough to run the games and have enough memory to like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. download the games. But 
Yeah, it's get, it's interesting for another platform though, right? For another place for indie games to, to thrive potentially. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, there are there are definitely some high quality stuff. I mean, there's developers on there that are like legit developers, and there are some games that are on other platforms as well. So it's not just like shovelware. I don't mean to make I don't mean to make it sound like that at yeah, all. Yeah. But like, I just think that uh, a lot of them are just very arcadey phone phone level games, which I think are totally fine. But maybe not what I'm like personally after all the time. But I'm 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 dipping into it here and there. My wife played. Um, a really cute game called Jenny LeClue, which is like a little 2D detective, cutesy story game. Looked really cool. My son played Sonic Racing, whatever the new Sonic Racing game was. That was on there. So Sega, obviously a well-known developer. He liked that well enough. Um, I'm looking at like Mosaic. I'm looking at well, Cappy Games put out one, uh, which I don't know the name of it, but it's like a puzzle game, which is uh, has a lot of fans right now. So there's there's good stuff on it for sure. Yeah, with um, your controller idea, it makes it more attractive, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I was really surprised at how easy it was. It only took me, like, 30 seconds to get that controller hooked up. Works like a charm. And the best part is you don't have to resync it. So, like, once you sync it once, like, the next day I came back and just pushed the button on the PS4 controller and the Apple TV just turned once. on. I'm like, oh, this is dope. This yeah. is really nice. So. By the way, the, the box I was talking about that had a lot of indie games on it like this before that I loved and no one seemed to uh, root for was called the Ouya. Of course, the Ouya, that's what it is. And now that you I, said it, that is exactly I love it. that system so much. I still have it. I actually, the controller's not bad. Um, anyways, I wish that wouldn't have left. I, I love the idea of more platforms for more indie games. So, Yeah. Well, I will, say, I will say that Apple Arcade does seem to be pretty indie-friendly right now. I don't know if that's going to continue because I know there was a lot of talk about um, you know, suggesting that developers kind of shift their design towards things that will make people come back again and again, which I do not think is really conducive to every game. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to corrupt the waters there. But so far at the moment, right here, right now, it's a pretty good thing if you have an Apple compatible device, which I'm guessing probably a lot of people probably do have access to it in some way. So, cool. um, so Bleak Sword uh, ended up being... Too parry heavy for me, but I think it was pretty neat anyway. Um, the other one I want to give a quick mention to is Arise, colon, A Simple Story. Uh, this one, uh, like we always said, we don't do any research on the show. I've done no research. I have forgotten who puts this game out. I apologize. But uh, it's a new story-based game where you play a... Like the very first 10 seconds of the game, you realize your character is dead. He's on a burial pyre or uh, like, a, you know, the... The thing where they, they stack logs and they put your body on top of it and then they set it on fire and they burn you. Mm -hmm. You know that thing I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. So you're some kind of a, I don't know, like a Viking or something like that? Like you're like a big burly dude with a beard and they burn you in the first 10 seconds of the game. You wake up in the, I mean, it's got to be the afterlife. And then you kind of like relive some of your memories. It seemed to be kind of a cool, short, story-based sort of a thing. Um, and the, the gimmick to this game, third person... I don't want to call it a platformer, just more of a walk-arounder. Uh, the gimmick to this game is that you can scrub time forward and back, just like you're hitting fast-forward or rewind, and that will affect things in the environment. So, like, in the first level, you're in, like, a series of islands, but if you rewind time, uh, it gets snowy, and certain things ice over so you can walk on them, or, like, some of the water dries up and so you can cross it, or the, the snow piles up so you can climb up something, and then you fast-forward, and then the sun comes out, all the water comes back, and the snow melts, and so... It kind of changes the way that the environment looks. And each level has like a different gimmick. Um, the next level, I think, is flowers where you are uh, scrubbing the sun forward and back. And the flowers follow the sun, the way the sun is orienting. So like if the sun is east, the flowers are pointing east. When the sun moves west, it points west. 
and you can like manipulate the flowers by manipulating the sun to create platforms for yourself so they do little gimmicks like this in each level um to kind of uh give you a little bit of variety i mean i think it's pretty cute um i didn't finish it although it's probably really really short i i just kind of um didn't click with the story very much like it wasn't really grabbing me it just seemed kind of like one of those indie games where it's obviously about like memories and thoughts and feelings and stuff but it just didn't really click right away and i was in a mood where i needed to be with something that clicked so it's very cute it's very cute um it looks you know the colors are really nice the visuals are really nice it just wasn't you know, my, it just wasn't clicking with me. Not to say it's a bad game or anything, but you have to be in the mood for this kind of game. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking yeah. at images of it, and it reminds me of Firewatch, the uh, style. The yeah, visuals visually kind of similar. Yeah, kind, kind of like of. bulky characters, really yeah. colorful. Um, yeah, it seems like you know what was the game, um, Dear Esther, or what's the other one? Oh man. Anyways, a lot of those ones where you kind of walk <laughs> this is like, through. This is like the worst show for recalling. We are just <laughs> we're terrible the tonight. It's bad terrible. memory episode. Oh my god! Um, seriously, what's my name? I can't remember. <laughs> Who am I? Where am I? What's I really, going on? Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I just like that idea of, of some games when you you just want to. They're not really games; they're kind of experiences. Yeah, exactly. And you exactly. have to be in the mood for that, just like a movie or a book or something. You have to be like, I'm in the mood to read this type of biography or I'm in the mood to watch this kind of documentary or whatever. And you just, yeah, you have to be in the mood for it. So I bet you it's good if you want that kind of feeling. Yeah, I'm glad you said it was an experience because I think that's a pretty fair way of describing it. It's not really like a game game. I mean, there's stuff to do, but you're going to get through it. I mean, there's, yeah, a couple platforms to jump, but it's not really a platformer. There's a couple puzzles, but it's not really a puzzler. It's just basically about being in the environments, taking in the, the beauty of the environments and kind of just going with this fat bearded dude on his afterlife journey. So, I mean, again, it, it wasn't the right time and place for me, but I, I don't think that means it's a bad game. I'll just I'll come back to it later when I'm in the mood, you know, and, yeah. and it'll click on a different uh, a different time and place. But yeah, a rise, a rise, colon, a simple story. It's out now. You can play it, on, I think, on basically every platform. And I think it's pretty cute. The visual style is great, by the way. I love the visuals. Yeah, it looks really cool. All right, man. I'm very curious to hear what you're going to say about this next one because uh, you're going to talk about Ritual, colon, a lot of colons in this episode, Ritual, colon, Crown of Horns. This one I saw at PAX maybe like two years ago. It was on somebody's like laptop that was in a corner of some booth that they weren't even supposed to like be there. And they were like, oh, do you want to see this game? And they look kind of... You know, like like I wasn't going to come over there. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'll come over there. That's fine. You look like you want to show it to me. I want to see it. And I th- remember thinking it was a really cool premise. I will let you explain it. But I, I remembered it very distinctly because it was interesting and it caught my attention. And then it just like vanished. And it just vanished for like two years. And then it popped up on my PR radar. And I'm like, oh, shit, is this that? It is. It's that game from like two years ago. Holy crap. I thought that just like disappeared into the ether. But like it's available now. Uh, on switch and i believe on pc and i'm not sure where else but i am dying to hear about ritual crown of horns carlos yeah and we got a code for this i think yeah i sent it to you right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh just putting that out there um yeah yeah i had heard um a little bit about it i didn't see it on a laptop but i've seen many games like that we go to a lot of shows both of us totally totally you'll just see a laptop and someone's playing it and they don't even want to tell you about it because they feel like embarrassed to show their game. Yeah, uh, exactly. Even if they, it's a good game, it's not about that. It's just like, you know, it's it's like anything else you create. You It's like putting yourself out there. Putting yourself out there. Yeah. So I didn't see it in that capacity, but I remember seeing screenshots of it and 
basically from their description, uh, it's a violent, fast-paced, weird Western with an attitude. Uh, a unique blend of classic horde mode, base defense game, and arcade top-down running guns, which I've never heard running guns before. Uh, you never heard running gun before? No, I thought it's like run and shoot or gun and shoot. Oh, I say running gun all the time. Maybe I'm. Oh, this is the forgetful episode. Oh Maybe I have heard we gotta, that. We got to take our central what silver. Is we need some vitamins in our system games? right now. What? I'm calling. I'm calling what? an Alzheimer's specialist literally right now. What Don't move. Games? Don't go anywhere. <laughs> what is, who are? What are we? What's happening? What is a top-down defense shooter? Oh, it's Ritual Crown of Horns. You see oh how God, I did that, dude. Folks, we're recording at like eight thirty at night, and that's how far gone we are. We usually record in the morning. I, I think that most people would agree we're a little bit fresher in the morning. So maybe think, we should, yeah. we should not do nighttime recording. We should anymore. only do daytime recording, as I can just hear my voice. I'm sundowning. I'm literally sundowning right now. You know what happens? Also, we haven't got to this point, but we're getting to it now. In the morning, too early in the morning, and very in the evening, which is happening right now, my voice gets super low. And so it's getting close to that, as you can hear right there. See, that's I what was just, I was thinking. You're just getting close to romance time or something. Oh well, hello, Brad. How you get doing? Ready, get ready to put some moves on some ladies once we're done with the podcast. Well, I'm already home and my PJs are on, so that's not happening. But uh, why do the character already all the time? I think it's because I just my voice naturally goes lower like that, and I just have to add a little bit New York, and here we are. All right. So this game. What is it, this game, Carlos? You're a gunslinger bounty hunter. Think the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. But in the 1800s, so the year is 18XX, uh, you work for the feds back then. It's kind of like basically just a posse of cop gun people. But at some point you get double crossed by these people you were working for because you were supposed to go get this witch. And they said, go kill this witch. And they double cross you and they basically kill you. This is the beginning of the game. There's no spoilers here. Okay. So what happens because you died and you were really, you know, uh, confused by the whole situation, but you were next to this witch you were supposed to try to capture. She comes out and says, hey, they're assholes. They're part of this cult and you got to take out this cult and I can help you, but I got to bring you back from the dead. And she does and she imbues you with powers. So you are a gunslinger bounty hunter brought back to life from a witch who will slowly give you powers as you upgrade. And it's a top-down game that's a defense shooter, which basically means, like, think of, you know, um, tower defense games, but you're actively running around top-down and shooting in eight directions, right? Okay, so tell us a little bit more about this, because I have a feeling that when I saw it, I feel like they've changed some things since when I saw it compared to what you're talking about. So... You're, you're with the witch, right? Like you're traveling with her or she's in the level with you, right? There's always like a camp and in the beginning you kind of go to her camp and that's like home base, right? So you can sit with her, talk with her a little bit, do some upgrades, and then you like leave on a mission. And when you leave to a mission, she comes with you and you've got to protect her as enemies come and invade the area. And they invade the place that she's at. So like say she's in a building, they're going to like zombies attack the windows and try to break through to this building to get her. So you're always running around shooting or running and gunning and you're killing things before they get into the room to get her. And some day, sometimes they might. And then, so you're shooting them when they're in there trying to hurt her. Um, and so, yeah, you're doing that. So you're constantly just running around uh, this map 
and generally kind of circling her wherever she is, you know. So she's and like at the center, right? She's in the center like, or okay. kind of off to the side. It's basically she's in a place and you've got to run around wherever she's in. Uh, and that, that takes form in different ways. Like, you know, each board is different. So there's different um, obstacles and different ways you've got to run around things and different, again, barriers in uh, to, you know, where she is kept. And so the different kind of things you have to defend. So there's lots of different ways to defend her. But in general, you have different weapons and abilities. And the weapons, you switch between two weapons, uh, usually like a long range and a short range. So in the beginning, you have a pistol and it shoots like four or five shots at a time. And then a shotgun, which shoots only one or two. But the shotgun has a wider range and obviously more powerful. So you literally can like hit a button to switch between the two different weapons and you do that on the fly all the time right so i'm shooting a bunch of enemies from the distance but then a really fast one got really close and is like breaking down the window so i quickly switch the shotgun and shoot him so it's constantly shooting and i would say it's very fun because i do like tower defense games and i like being in control of you know what i'm defending with this kind of shooter game but at the same time my fingers did get a little tired now, I don't know if it's the Xbox control that I'm using because I'm using not like the best one. Um, the trigger's kind of, you know, difficult to, to push. But I don't know if you have that kind of thing happen to you. But in these kind of geometry war type games, do your finger ever get tired or is it? Oh, yeah, of course, man. Yeah. If I'm on a game where like you're basically shooting all the time, like my fingers do get tired if you have to. That's why I don't play driving games very much, because you just, like, hold the gas down all the time, and my fingers get like, it's tired after a while. Right. I think I was hoping that I could hold the button down. I don't think you can. Oh, so uh, you're just, like, constantly like, pulling the trigger over and over and over? Constantly pulling the trigger. And so, well, it's really fun. The moment-to-moment action is really fun. And I like the fact that you start getting upgrades, and you can actually do these kind of spells and stuff to... Um, I don't want to spoil it, but they're pretty cool. Um, all that kind of really makes a fun game loop. So I really like that game loop of the game, but I definitely got a little tired. So, okay, so let me let me ask you then. So when I saw this game two years ago, what you're describing is not exactly what I saw at that time. So what, what I just saw at that time was you were still the bounty hunter, cowboy, whatever. You were not really a lawman, I don't think. I think you were just like a guy. Uh, and it was still like a top-down, still kind of doing like a base defense horde mode sort of thing. But at that time... She wasn't a witch yet. She was a girl and she was possessed by the devil. And so what happened was you were supposed, well, this is what the developer was telling me at the time, right? Um, so they were saying you had to get, it was your job to take this girl who was possessed out of, from point A to point B. I don't know where she was from. I don't know where she was going, but you had to take her with you. And every night that you needed to camp was along your journey. That was one of the stops. And then you would have to defend her from right. everything that night. And the reason people were, atta- or monsters were attacking you was because they could sense that she was, like, um, holding the devil back. And so okay. they were trying to attack her to, like, unleash the devil. And the really thing, the interesting thing that caught my attention about this, because, honestly, just doing this kind of top-down base defense doesn't sound that interesting. But the, at the time that I saw it, what, would, what really got my attention was that because she was possessed, this girl was, like, struggling to keep the devil in control. And every once in a while, the devil would, like, slip out. So, like, even though you're protecting her from the outside threat she would do something to fuck you up like she would like 
strike like attack you from the back and you couldn't attack her back because she's the person you're protecting so like all of a sudden you're in your base and you're shooting zombies outside the window and then oh there's like the devil in here with me fuck i gotta do something else that's and it an kind interesting of like, yeah like it was like this weird really fascinating like you got to protect this person but this person's sometimes gonna attack you and yeah. sometimes not and i was like oh that sounds so fascinating so like did any of that make it into the final version i think it's changed um i'll tell you how it's changed and then i'll tell you that i don't know because i haven't played enough of it if some of that stuff starts happening but for different reasons i feel like some of that's probably retained but for different reasons because okay. you your whole mission that i kind of uh, glossed over and i'm glad you brought that up is to basically take back the country ah a la death stranding where you have to go back out and basically take out the cult that has infiltrated this huge like police force uh, and that's what you're doing by going through the map. You're kind of going to different locations and taking out these cult members. And that's helping her, such as helping, you know, I guess the whole country. And then you have to defend her because she's there and they all don't like that she's helping. I feel like it's setting it up for a twist, right? Because there definitely is some like dialogue and game moments about the story. So I feel like they are setting it up for a twist at some point, but that's how I perceive it now, and that's what she's told me, is that there are cults, and you going through the map is actually you going and basically enacting justice and getting rid of this cult that has infiltrated the, the good system in some way of the country. Okay. So maybe some of this stuff might come in later on. I mean, they were pretty upfront about it when I was when I was seeing it at that time two years ago, but maybe they've folded some of that stuff in. Maybe it's a plot twist. Maybe I have inadvertently spoiled the entire game for you i mean who no, knows or you would have bad memory oh uh, i mean maybe it's no, very no, no. possible very no i possible. think what it really probably is is and you haven't spoiled anything much i think um that witch you know it definitely brought you back to life and it's not like the coolest thing because if you look at the character it looks kind of messed up like it's not like the best version of being brought back to life it's like He's got his ribs poking out, and it's pretty gross. Okay. So I think that she, you know, potentially could have some ulterior motives. But for now, I'm defending her. Weird. Sounds like they've, they've kind of taken the same, the, the core concept, and just put some spins on it. I, I really was very enamored with that original spin. I saw it on the Switch, and it has not been on sale yet. So I'm like, eh, I'm going to hold off. But I think it's like 20 bucks or 18 bucks or something like that. Which to me is like a little bit more than I want to gamble on a game that may not end up being something I like. So I'll wait for a sale, but I'm very curious to see how much of that original concept has, has been retained. Yeah, I mean, the, the gameplay moment to moment is fun. If you're in the mood for a, what do you want to call it, omnidirectional shooter? Sure. sure. Uh, where you run around and are just shooting people and you feel really good when you've beaten a wave, you know, and... I, I, it, there's just something that itches or that scratches that itch, you know, for when you're feeling that kind of style of game. And that does it. It's just that for some reason I got a little tired with my trigger finger. Well, that makes sense. I get tired too sometimes. Those, yeah. You know, those fingers can only do so much. We weren't meant to like pull a trigger for no, two hours we straight. Weren't. You know? We were not yeah. evolutionarily developed for that. So I really enjoy it though. I, I mean, it was a pleasant surprise. I haven't played a game like that for a while. And I very much want to see what the next ability that I have is. And now I want to see how the story turns. So Interesting. Well, I've got my eye on it. I have done the Switch wish list. As soon as it uh, hits a sale, like a decent sale, I'm going to I'm gonna 
pop for it, but I'm and still then waiting. what we'll do? We'll do what we do in this podcast. We'll we'll check back in. Check back in. We'll check back in. All right, cool. Speaking of checking back in, uh, the next game and my last game of the show that I want to talk about. I kind of alluded to it before. We even mentioned it last time on the last episode, but. Uh, you know, we just went through uh, kind of a sort of a sort of love affair with Death Stranding a while ago. Uh, I loved it a lot. I kind of flamed out on the story, didn't care where it went, and I kind of felt like it ended on a down note for me. But overall, I thought it was a great game. And after I finished Death Stranding, I just wanted more of that. I wanted to do more. But when I went back to it, I, I had basically done everything that I felt like was worth doing. And I didn't want to just play it to just do busy work because I just it's not satisfying to me like I need to have like a legit goal to play and I can't fool my brain I can't just be like I'm gonna do these little busy quests and that's gonna be like my brain knows like I'm bullshitting right like I gotta have Mm. something of value to do I gotta be working towards an ending I gotta be working towards clearing a chapter I gotta be working towards something so I couldn't go back to Death Stranding because there was not really anything left for me to do and I'm like but I want I want more of that right and so I'm like okay cool I bought Metal Gear Solid 5 a while ago. We mentioned this. I bought Metal Gear Solid 5 a while ago. And I didn't like it at the time. At that time, I was really sick of Kojima's story bullshit. And I just was like, I don't want to put up with this shit. And I was kind of sick of him. And I was really burned after uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, which I thought was terrible. And I just was like, I just wasn't feeling it, right? Like, everybody in the world was playing Metal Gear Solid 5. Everybody in the world. Literally everyone. And I just wasn't feeling it. So I just stopped playing it. And I didn't review it or anything like that. I just, I just bought it and I just didn't want to play it anymore. Simple as that. Moved on to something else. But I remembered that I bought it. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm kind of in the mood for that now. And I mean, I'm just going to skip the cutscenes. It's not going to bother me. I'll just pass through that and just get to the gameplay. Because I really like the gameplay of Death Stranding. Like the really, really rich, crunchy, systems-focused, detail-oriented uh, thing that very few people can do as well as Kojima does. I mean, the guy cannot write a story to save his life. I think he's like an awful storyteller. It's it's ridiculous how bad he is. But when it comes to mechanics and game design, scenario design, I mean, he's, he's like a genius. He's like, he's really a genius. He's like the guy who can tell you how fusion happens in a star, but he can't tie his own shoes. You know, he's only got Wait, one side. How many people are, are like that? <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a couple, man. He's like, he's like a savant one way and he's like hopeless the other way. All right. So anyway, I'm like, I want more of that. And I had a Metal Gear Solid 5. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to download that again. And as I started to download it, I realized that the PSN was having their end of the year sale. And they have the Metal Gear Solid 5 Ultimate Experience digital version, which has the core game, comes with Ground Zeroes, comes with the online, comes with all of the DLC. And it was like eight bucks. And I'm like, oh, well, all the DLC itself is more than eight bucks. So I might as well just buy this because if I like it, I'm going to want to play the whole thing. So I bought the new version and downloaded that. And oh, wait, I have, wait, hold on, hold on. This yeah. is the old man episode. You, you definitely mentioned that last episode. I did mention this last episode. Okay. I'm recapping for people. Okay. 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 I just thought I'm I was also recapping crazy. for you because I thought I wouldn't have to refresh your memory. Cause oh I mean, no. I think neither we, one of us is doing good this episode. I don't know what my name is. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> So I jumped back into Metal Gear Solid 5. I didn't really get too far the first time. So I just started fresh, deleted my old save, started fresh, began a new game, jumped into it, rolled my eyes really hard at the same story stuff that made me roll my eyes the first time. But I, I pushed past it and just got to like the meaty center of the game. And I have to say, I'm glad that I came back to it because um, while I was really not in the mindset for it the first time, I am in the mindset for it now. And it's really hitting me in a different place than it hit me last time. So I'm, I'm digging it. I really like... 
the mechanics a lot. Um, you know, this is the open world Metal Gear Solid where you start off in Afghanistan uh, and you are, you know, of course, Snake. I think you're Punished Snake, I think his name is this time around. And you get dropped into Afghanistan and you can basically do whatever you want. You can go wherever you want. You can uh, attack any base you want. You can capture anybody you want. And you slowly, over the course of play, build up your resources, build up your money, build up your guns, and you build up your home base, you know, mother base, I'm sure fans of the series know. So you're, you start off with very little, but as you, as you play, you just build resources, build resources, capture soldiers, uh, grow your army, and eventually you just kind of, you know, get a lot better gear, and you get sneakier, and you get way more options. And it's just exactly the sort of um, really deep, really rich, mechanically rich experience that I was really craving after Death Stranding. So coming to this is different, and also very similar at the same time like the the focus on combat's really different i mean the story approach is very different um but there's also a lot of of, of things in common too i mean i think that there's obviously uh the creator's touch going on between both of these games that's very clear to see the 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 way that he approaches systems the way he approaches gear the way he uses like three functions for every uh button on the controller i mean it's just really very 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 kojima um and I'm kind of in the mood for that now. So it's I'm glad I came back to it. I really uh, have been enjoying it. Um, I don't know if that sale is still going on. Probably not. Maybe it is. I don't know. But if you want to jump into Metal Gear Solid 5, it, I mean, that 8 bucks is like, that's a steal, dude. That's yeah, like a, that's that's a ridiculous price for a game. Do you think you're going to actually try to finish it? Oh, yeah. I'm this far in. I will definitely finish it for sure. Like, I've okay. sunk already. I mean, since the last time we talked, I'm probably at least 20 hours into it, if not more. Um, and how which long is, is that 40 hour game? I mean, I talked to uh, game critics writer Mike Susky, who really likes that game a lot, and he said he put more than 100 hours into it. Oh, geez. So I don't know that I'm going to, I'm not going to like 100% it or anything, but I'm definitely like trying to do every mission. There's like your story missions, and then you have your bonus missions, and I'm doing all the bonus missions because they're just fun. I just think they're just really fun to do. Um, in fact, I think I like the bonus missions more than the story missions because number one, they don't have story. Number two, they're just really small. Like you just roll up to like a really small base or an encampment. It's just like a very contained encounter. You can usually get through most of them in five, 10 minutes. So they're like little bite-sized chunks of Metal Gear, which I think is, is great because it's fun to play using your night vision goggles or like knocking dudes out. Or I got to the point where I have uh, my buddy, my dog, D-Dog, who comes with me on my missions. And he's awesome. I, did you did you play Metal Gear Solid 5 or do you know yeah, who yeah, D-Dog yeah. is? No, I remember D-Dog, yep. Man, Giving that dog a knife, which he carries in his little backpack, and then you tell D-Dog to go slice some dude's throat a mile away, is the shit. It is, yeah. like, so fun, dude. It's so fun. So I'm just loving going out with my dog in the Afghanistan desert and, like, uh, killing Russians, and it's just been a really, really good well, time. And it's also got to feel, like, liberating coming from Death Stranding because you're not falling all the time. <laughs> and you, like, can still have that fun with those mechanics. So I think what an interesting... Yeah, way to go back into it. Um, I think I'll, I'll jump back into it again at some point. I keep uh, putting it off for new weird indie games, but um, I, I think last episode I talked about doing the same thing. I definitely am going to jump back into to scratch that itch again of kind of those little systems. It's also really interesting to look at it um, in retrospect because you can see what ideas Kojima kept and what he abandoned. I mean, obviously in Death Stranding, way less emphasis on combat. Like there's almost effectively no combat in Death Stranding. Uh, at least compared to what there is in Metal Gear Solid 5, where it plays such a crucial role. And, I mean, just like the the focus of, like, the mechanics of climbing the rocks in Death Stranding, as opposed to 
always staying stealthy in Metal Gear Solid 5. Like, very, very similar, but also very, very different in the implementation. And it's kind of... It's kind of weird because you can kind of look at the bones of the engine, you know, the Fox engine. Um, and I don't I don't think that's what he uses for Death Stranding, but it, clearly it is very similar. Like he's got the same style and just seeing how that engine has been applied to different experiences. I mean, it, it's one way it's stealth and, and combat in Metal Gear Solid 5. It was more like survival in Metal Gear Survive, which I think is an amazing game. I love Metal Gear Survive. And then it was like balancing over rocks and carrying backpacks in Death Stranding. So like same basic core ingredients but just whipped up into three different dishes so i think it's kind of fascinating to look at at his career as a as a developer and see like how he's worked on these different ideas totally really fascinating stuff so i'm enjoying metal gear solid 5 i'm not going to talk about it every episode but i am going to finish it i'm chipping away at it every day i'm going to have to play other games while i'm playing metal gear solid 5 uh but uh, i may pop in every now and then and give an update or something like that so i actually just got to the part with quiet the oh, yeah, quiet yeah, yeah. sniper yeah and that, i watched a know. whole video on that actress actually oh the actress who played quiet yeah yeah it's a really interesting video maybe i'll give it to you for to put in the show notes because um it was like her first big gig um yeah that's it was a really interesting story i'm curious to see how that goes send, yeah, send us that link and uh, i will put it in the show notes and i can I can see why people had the reaction they did at the time, but I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm preparing for the worst because he is the worst when it comes to story. And I got to say, you know, one thing I got to say really, really quickly is there's so much in Metal Gear Solid 5, which I feel like is in really poor taste in terms of like sexualization or just like really like inappropriate stuff. Like when you um, there's certain cutscenes which focus on a woman's breasts like really close up or like really tight shots you know like well, you're hello, to look quiet's at whole outfit exactly her whole outfit like when you um meet her for the first time and she's unconscious and the camera just like lingers on it like uncomfortably and when she walks away like it's a total butt shot so like all that stuff was going on and there's a couple other i mean there's other things that happen in metal gear solid 5 too and and that has kind of been in that series in general but when i played death stranding i noticed like it's he really pulled back from that stuff i mean you get a lot of um Norman Reedus. You got way too much of Norman Reedus. I mean, I've seen that guy's oh, yeah. ass yeah. more than I've ever wanted to see any, you know, way too much man ass in that game for me. Um, but other than that, there, I, I'm trying to think of any place where he really was up to his old tricks in terms of like ogling women or anything like that. I don't recall. There may be something there, but he really pulled back from it, I felt like. So it's interesting to see that was another shift that happened between Metal Gear Solid Five and Death Stranding. So I wonder if he was I mean, I don't know why. I don't know why. Is he a pervert? Did he think it was funny? Was he doing it to piss people off so they kick him off Metal Gear Solid? I mean, who knows what? Because he didn't carry that forward. So yeah. I'm, I think there's a story to be told there. I don't know what the answer is, but there's a story there. There's at least a YouTube video. At least a YouTube video. At least seven minutes long, probably. Yeah, someone make okay. that. That's all I'm going to say on Metal Gear Solid Five. I may bring it up again at some point in the future, but just know in your heart of hearts that I'm still playing it and I will finish it until the bitter end because now I'm invested. I put 20 hours in and I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. So that, that's an interesting topic. We should tackle it someday. And by the way, I think we should also like do a topic someday. That might be fun. Sure. I'm open for topics. Um, so one of those topics would be, you know, how long do you have to be into a game to decide you're going to, you're going to try to finish it, you know, cause you just said 20 hours. That's a pretty long time to spend with something and you feel this obligation starts coming on you're like oh i gotta beat this thing so when does that start it's just an interesting kind of conversation okay. we can definitely talk about that and i am definitely open to topics if you got a topic or hey anybody listening if you guys have a topic we're flexible on the show we can do whatever i mean we are not bound to any 
rules written in stone, so we can do any kind of show we, we want. Can do we can do topic we show. We can do QA. We do whatever you want. So we'll maybe do a topic show. Who knows? Well, then I, that's a. I'm glad you're open to stuff because I have an idea that I will throw at you after this next game review. Okay, let's do that. So that's all I have to say on Metal Gear Solid Five, Carlos. Um, you are up next with a game that I'm. I'm not sure that I've even heard of. It's called warp through what system is this on and what is this game all about what is this uh it is steam right hold on am i you like tell me you tell me man you tell me yes it's steam i just play so many different indie platforms um so i'll tell you about this game and then i'll tell you about my idea for the podcast right after but it's by Roofcat games which is basically again one person oh man that's a theme okay yeah his name is ramon uh and he worked with is he friends with josh i think they're both friends yeah okay they know each other right yeah and i know them too so we're all friends (laughs) we're all friends i do follow roofcat games now on twitter though and i will give him a shout out as soon as this uh, episode is up i got a code full disclosure from the pr company he was working with which by the way those really work um if you're an indie developer go ahead work with a pr company uh, I don't know what the deals are. Sometimes they could be, they take a percentage, whatever. They definitely do make a difference. Uh, this is a perfect example. I was reminded about this game, even though I had already gotten a code a while ago, by the PR people because they were like, hey, did you play this yet? <laughs> it's like a nice little nudge, you know? What PR company was it? Do you remember? I should look it up. I should have done the history or the work. We don't do We any don't of do that. the work on this show. We don't do the work. So if we don't do the work, I'm going to not know the name. That's fine. Just I'll look it up later. But no worries. Roofcat Games with a K. So Roof K-A-T Games, also on Twitter. Uh, they reminded me, hey, check this out. And I was like, yeah, I did want to check this out. Thank you for reminding me. So I did. And I am very smitten with this game. It is a sprite art game, 2D platformy. But just uh, for one level. Okay, well, I'm doing a terrible job. Wait, what? Did you, what I'm doing a terrible change? job. Right, I'm going to yeah, quit go my podcasting career right now. This episode <laughs> no, wait, is ending. No, it. finish the episode first. Okay. Oh, nice. He's like, no, no, we need this content. Then you can, <laughs> then you can retire. Hanging, dude. Don't leave me hanging. Okay. So there's 3D backgrounds, like 3D polygonal type backgrounds, but it's a 2D game. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. The 2D character art is all like sprite-based, very like hand-drawn, okay? Simple, simple style, hand-drawn little characters, and they walk around and jump around on a background that's kind of 3D looking, which is a really cool style. And you have your main character, Charlotte, or her codename is Red, and she has a power as well as all of her friends who are in the game have powers. And the story is there's monsters uh, because of reasons and you're trying to get rid of the monsters and you work together with your dad who has kind of created a bunch of science stuff to allow you to go to different dimensions and fight said monsters with me so far. I mean, sort of. I'm looking at these. I'm looking at pictures. Full disclosure, I jumped on Google because I had no idea what this game looked like. And it looks like a 2D platformer. Kind of reminds me of something like Towerfall or something like that. Is that is that even eh, remotely close? I guess it's definitely like their platforming is limited. So basically, here's what happens: 
your father's come up with this invention to help you get to these different dimensions to fight monsters. An That's invention, it. It's a dimension invention. Yes, it's a dimension invention. Thank you. And when you go in there, it's one board a la Pac-Man, right? So Yeah, it looks like a single screen sort of arcade sort of Yes, thing. if you fall to the bottom, you'll you'll appear at the top. If you go to the left, you'll appear Oh, like the a right. wraparound sort wrap of Wraparound, right? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Which is all kind of leads to the idea of this kind of fun, relaxing, one board mechanic. You have your special ability. You're trying to take out monsters. And the, the, the idea of each board is you've got to jump and land on a portal. The time you Every time you hit the portal, it, it takes a little while. Then a new portal will appear somewhere else on the board. So you kind of basically have to run around, avoid monsters or kill them, and get to these little portals and touch them. And when you do, it's kind of like a level, like you kind of leveled up and the board changes a bit. But essentially, it just adds more monsters. So the first one is one. You, you wait for the second one to appear, run over, touch it. Now you're two, so there's more monsters and so on and so on. So you're trying to get to the highest like level you can do with still surviving. So you're fighting monsters, avoiding them, and jumping and touching these portals. Now the coolest thing is... Uh, when you hit a monster and destroy it, it does this little slow motion. And it's such a, something so small, but it makes it feel so rewarding. I think in 2D games, one of my favorite things is when you have a little bit of slow motion going on. I don't know why, but I'm a smitten for that. I love that kind of stuff. This happens a couple times. One, when you hit a monster, it kind of slows down time a bit. Then goes back to normal. If you touch the portal that you're supposed to touch, it kind of slows down a little bit. There's these little touches like that make the 2D just feel much more the sum, than the sum of its parts, if that makes sense. And then you also get power-ups. So you can have like a shield and you can have a bubble shield, uh, which basically also slows down time when you get near monsters, which is very handy because then you kind of can get yourself out of a bad position because you're about to land on a monster, but it slows down time. So you kind of move to the left and you didn't get killed. And then each character, like I said, has different abilities. So the trick, a la something similar to the game you mentioned earlier, is your power-ups are always ready uh, when you're standing still. So when you stand still, their power-up gets ready and charges up. And the minute you move any direction, the power-up goes in that direction, right? So Charlotte has a fist, a punch, a fire punch, and it's always charging up. And so when you... As long as you're still. It's showing you're just still, right. And you're not using it. So I'm still, it's powered up. I go to the left and there's a monster there. I take it out. And again, really cool slow motion. And now it's gone for a while, so it's not charged. So I need to like land and, you know, compose myself, have it charge like up. dodge monsters for a little while. Yeah, dodge monsters for a little while, yes. And you can wall jump, right? So you're kind of doing a lot of like maneuvering. So then each person's different. So one person has a gun where it uses the mechanic you said earlier in the other game, where it kind of goes in a circle, and as soon as you push a direction, it'll shoot in that direction. Okay, okay. Which is hard to get used to. All these mechanics are hard to get used to. But once you do, it's very interesting. I've never played a game like it. One is a, a girl has a dog on a leash, and the dog basically just, like, does its own thing, and then every once in a while, he'll jump and meet you, kind of like... You know, kind of choke collar, choke collar, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you just said, but that sounded pretty funny. Choke collar or a choke collar, either one. <laughs> you can contact us. You can contact us. Whoa, go on. That, that's a deep cut for. That's yeah, a deep cut show, for yes. what? Yeah, you say. So yeah, and when you do, when the dog gets like pulled back to you, he can kill monsters along the way. 
Oh, okay. All right. Really gotcha. interesting. And I then gotcha. the, one of them has something like a power that just like is all around him. And whenever he jumps, the power kind of jumps with him. And that power will kill monsters. So really interesting mechanic. Kind of a nice uh, light story, but also a little bit of emotion stuff going on with the family and um, and the friends. And kind of what they're trying to do is take out these monsters and their little journey. And the, the whole story part takes about an hour and a half. So it's pretty easy to get through that story, but then you can go back and play more of the levels. And I'm actually going to do that because it's such a unique mechanic. And it's like having this relaxing, strategic Pac-Man game, if that makes sense. Interesting. You know, when I was looking at the screenshots of this on Google, I was like, mm, no. But as you're talking about it, I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe. You're kind of getting me fired up for this because... I do like it when you have a pretty good diversity of character design and what you're saying with everybody's different powers, that sounds like it would add a pretty good amount of variation and play style and um, how the game would feel. So that sounds pretty cool. And I am definitely on board with something you can finish in an hour and a half and come back for bonus. I mean, let me get the, the roll credit so I can feel good about that and then come back if I want more. So you kind of you kind of sold me on it after I was thinking I wasn't going to be sold on it. Well, some of those mechanics are something I want to see in, in, in other games because there's a thing called the time bubble, like I mentioned earlier, that I've never seen in a game, I don't think. And I want it in every game now, any 2D game. Again, I'm smitten for slow motion stuff, and I think it really can add a whole other extra layer to to games. Do you Have you played a 2D game that has good slow motion it no but you're reminding me very much of a vr game that dan weissenberger reviewed at uh game critics i don't know what it's called because i didn't play it and i only remember because it edited his text as the editor but what you're describing i mean his was a you know 3d vr game but like that concept of the slow motion bubble i think is kind of the same thing as what you're talking about but that was um you know totally different style of game totally different you know developer but uh right, that's but it's, the it's, only only other thing I can think of. It's that same feeling. It's like, you know, what you would get from Max Payne, what you get from these games have bullet time and stuff like that. You go, ooh, this feels good for right now. And I feel like some RPGs had it too, like in the combat, when you would do like a special move, like the 2D sprite would do a slow motion attack. Well, There's just something too that that they that he really nailed. Well, interesting because, you know, I just mentioned Metal Gear Solid Five. I mean, if you remember as you're playing that game, when someone spots you, it the whole world goes into slow motion for a few seconds. They call it reflex time to right. give you time to kill that person before they sound the alarm. And when I was playing um, Door Kickers, which I talked about, 2D uh, action game on the Switch, which I love, by the way. Door Kickers is fucking amazing. Um, when you go into a room, if you're in a really tight situation, it'll give you like just a couple seconds of slow motion to let you make a really quick split second decision. So yeah. I agree. I mean, just a touch. Like I don't, I don't need it to be like Max Payne where it's like you're constantly like a cool down and doing it like all the time. That's too much. But just like a like like the salt on a good dish, just like a touch will really season it up. You don't want to overdo it though. Yeah, and then every time you like are playing these levels, like trying to get this little portal. Every time you touch the portal, it does a slow motion just for a second. You know what I mean? And it's so yeah. funny how that goes a long way. And I, I also have to mention. It's an adorable ending because there's all these credits and they're all hand-drawn credits. And I was just like, I just love seeing something that's made with heart and not like big games aren't because, you know, again, I'm working in a company and there's a bunch of people there. It's not just one person. But it is awesome to see games from one person or a couple people and see all the kind of love and care they do to, to make this thing happen. And then also build a story mode in it. Um, 
I really like this game. And I'm definitely going to go back and play just for the kind of cathartic, relaxing kind of, I don't want to say, Pac-Man feels too reductive, but it does feel like that. Like there's just this one board and I'm trying to do as much as I can on this board, you know? Yeah, I mean that it does it does look like Towerfall to me. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from it, but like that arcadey sort of a feel. So yeah, yeah. cool. I'm not gonna play it on PC because I don't play anything on PC. But if this comes to the Switch or anything, I'm down like immediately. Let's see. Let's hope he gets a port for it. Yeah. All right. Right on. All right. Cool. 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 That was Warp Through. Currently, probably only on Steam, I would imagine, or maybe some of the other indie sh- stores online, maybe Itch or something like that. Who knows? Um, but that is it for the main content of the show. Uh, except for our now new traditional closing segment, Carlos's games coming up. What you got, Carlos? Well, I definitely have uh, platformers on my brain after playing Warp Through, and it's interesting that I'm really kind of falling back in love with this platformer thing. I make indie games, and I'm working on my third one right now, and it's a platformer. So I love platformers in general, but I haven't really sought out a bunch of new ones recently. And I've played a couple... And it's got me back on the, the wagon, as they say. And I'm going to be playing Riftkeeper and Eternum X. And those are both platformers that look very interesting and weird. And no, I don't have any information on them, so don't ask me. <laughs> I My mouth was like mid-question, but I pulled back. I pulled back. I stopped. Okay. I, I just saw pictures of them. They look amazing. They look platformy. I'm in. And I'm going to be playing those games. I mean, speaking of platformers, uh, I'm going to surprise you with a couple of uh, picks of my own. Ooh. Um, I don't usually contribute to this section because I don't ever like look into the future. I'm all about living in the now. But I do know that uh, Axiom Verge just announced that they were going to be having a sequel coming up. I think they this, the cat is officially out of the bag today. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about the first Axiom Verge. I think I bought it like three times and I haven't played it yet. Oh, but you I should. Will, I totally am going to get around to it. I was, I every time I was about to play it, I just got sidetracked. But it's on the Switch now, and I'm, I feel like I'm right on the cusp of playing it. I feel like, I feel like its time is coming. So Axiom Verge Two is coming up, and also, uh, Shovel Knight just released a whole bunch of new stuff. Did you ever play Shovel Knight, Carlos? Yeah, and there's like a, all this card game thing or something. Yeah, there's a new. So there's a new story DLC which features King Knight. Um, I don't know exactly what his powers are, but if anybody uh, is familiar with Shovel Knight, which is the 2D Mega Man-ish sort of action game that took the world by storm a couple of years ago. I mean, everybody was singing the praises of Shovel Knight a couple of years ago. Got its own amiibo. He pops up in all sorts of indie games. He's always like the special guest star in like every fucking indie game that I play. There's always like a Shovel Knight uh, character in that. Um, but his DLCs each featured a different character and they all play totally differently from each other, which is really fascinating. Um, there was uh, the alchemist guy. I forget what his name is. And then there was like a guy with a sickle and he was really cool. And King Knight is now the new guy. So there's a new story DLC. I'm very, very interested in checking that out. And uh, there's also like a multiplayer. Yeah. It's like uh, shovel Knight card battle or something. I don't know exactly what that's about. I don't know that it's going to be for me because I don't generally like multiplayer brawl style games. Uh, but that's a new thing that just came out. And I'm definitely going to be checking out the King Knight DLC ASAP. Yeah, I'll so. check out some of that too because it seems like a lot of different things around that uh, character. And Yeah, yeah. The and, the, and the developers have said this is the end of the road. Like with this stuff, that's, that's it. They're not going to be doing any more Shovel Knight. So now... You can buy the the Shovel Knight package on the Switch or on PS4, whatever, whatever platform you like. 
And this is the entire Shovel Knight saga. You can get it all now. Complete story. A to Z, start to finish. So it's cool. done. It's done now. Uh, look forward to that. Also, look forward to us maybe someday, or me someday, playing After Party. After Party. I, man, I keep I, mentioning I, that. I keep mentioning it. I downloaded it, and I look at it, and I'm like, nah. And I'm going to get to it at some point. Maybe when you talk about it, I'll that'll push me one way or the other. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We're just no not in the mood for it yet. That's the thing. Yeah. Just like we I said. Mean, that's really the thing. That's really the thing. I'm not, it's not the time. It's not the time. But. Also, we might both of us talk in the future about Ancestors very soon you can probably count on me talking about it next episode i i mean if you get to it great um i will refrain from any further comment but yeah i have a copy of it i will say one thing that i can i can make a comment because i've definitely read reviews okay and it sounds like it's a terrible piece of crud but that's just what i hear from (laughs) other people uh and but weirdly enough sometimes that makes me intrigued enough to play a game i'm like i want to see how bad this is well, I mean, I'll just as a quick spoiler, I was really, really excited for this based on the trailers. The trailers really were, were um, clicking with me. I was very excited about this. My son was super excited about it, too. Uh, and after I played it, I no spoilers, I guess, but I, I cooled way down on it. I cooled way off. Uh, yeah. But I'll save that for next time. We can talk about that. This is actually the end of the show, folks. Um, sorry to leave you on a tease, but that is it. We got to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. Wait. Uh, what? Wait. What? What? This is a messy show. It's okay. That's fine. Uh, thank you for listening, by the way. Yes. Thank <laughs> you very much. As we were like, what's happening? No, no, no. I, my, my thing I was going to say at the end of that game review. Oh, yeah. Your idea, idea for an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you're going to hate it, okay? I already hate it. I, I really know you're going to hate it. And you're going to oh. say no in the middle of me saying it. All right. But let me give you a little context, and then I'll say it, and then you can say no, and then we'll leave. Okay? Okay. Yeah, all right. The context is I've been watching a lot of food reviews lately okay. on YouTube. And I like One Bite with the pizza review guy and these different ones. And at the end of a lot of these review shows, they do. I can't even fucking say it. As soon as I say it, you're going to say no. I'm already I'm getting ready to say no, but go ahead. They do a score. Now, they do a, a score, you know, a number score. And oh, it's, yeah, yeah. And it's with 0.5 and, you know, it's. It's 1 through 10, and it's with the points, whatever you want to do, like 7.2, whatever. And, you know, I got to say, I watch a lot of those for the score, and I am so not a score guy right now, but it does give me this kind of thing to look forward to at the end of a review point. And I thought if we were going through these games like we just did today, and at the end of, you know, uh, Warp Through, let's say, I was like, yeah, and I had no idea I would like this game so much, and... I'm giving it an 8.9. And you'd be like, no way he's giving an 8.9. Like it puts a, a an exclamation point at the end of the review. Now tell me no. I mean, no, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would have to think about it because I think there's a lot of, I mean, this is the edit, editor uh, side of me coming out where I'm like, okay, well, we have to be responsible. We have like all these obligations. We have, a certain a certain thing standard we have to live up to. We can talk about it. We can t- I'm not right. saying no. We but, can talk about it. But listen to that point real quick, and then we definitely won't have any more discussion. On sure, it sure, sure. Is pretend we're in a parallel universe, right? There's multiple realities in the real world. So we're in one when we're in So Video Games Podcast. We're not in Game Critics. We're not in the games industry at all of like, well, we are, but we're not in the like 
press type world. Well, fuck, we are. Okay, <laughs> pretend we're in a reality. You're shooting your own theory down, dude. I know. You are, you're killing it yourself. The pod, the specific podcast, the audio versions, another reality where, you know, scores can be whatever they want to be. Okay, I've lost I, my argument. I mean, you you killed your own argument, but let me think about it. We can talk about it, and I guess this is a good time to ask people listening so if you're a listener of the show or you know i mean if you're if this is your first episode welcome but if this is not your first episode and you've been a, a recurring listener i guess what is your take on this because we're flexible we like to do what people like and i guess knowing the kind of quick looks or dip in dip out or recap looks at things that we do would a score at the end of that be of of use to anybody would you guys like that would you be interested in that do you think it's a terrible idea is it a great idea i guess i'm open to feedback so if you're listening to this and you know the kind of stuff that we do on the show how we cover the games how deep we go or how not deep we go what do you think about that score yes no thoughts i'm open i'm open. yeah let's, let's like talk en- about it endless world i'd be like that's a seven and that makes sense to me you know but it's not like um i'm not gonna like lose sleep over oh it should have been a 7.5 it's like just it's whatever it's kind of another extension of our quick review because a lot of reviews, you know, have to be in depth and whatever. But as you just said in this show, lots of times we do a lot of quick looks. We just really quick, you know, uh, didn't play it very long. But you know what? It's a fucking eight. You know, holy shit. I had a good time with the time that I spent on it. OK, I mean, that's it. I, I guess we could do a different kind of a re- like maybe like my feeling on this game without it being a definitive kind of overview would be kind of like a four or so. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, we, yeah. we can talk about it. We we'll talk about it. Yeah. And folks, let us know what you think. I mean, we'll, we'll figure something out. So anyway, okay. Something to chew on. Let's chew on it uh, here. Folks, you can chew on that as well. Uh, let us know what you think about that. So video games podcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can let us know when the show goes up at gamecritics.com. There's a comment section there. Uh, or you can tweet at us and let us know. We are uh, at So Video Games on Twitter, but you can also reach us individually. Uh, Carlos, uh, what do you want to plug this week? Where can people find you this week? I uh, would just do my Twitter, O N A W A. Fair enough. And uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's my name, B R A D G A L L A W A Y. All A's, no O's. And that is it for us this week, folks. Thank you so much again for joining us here on So Video Games. And we will be back in seven days or so. In the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And uh, I'll see you next time when we talk about the games. From Carlos. <laughs>